It's bad. Anime. Uh, I'm John. I'm Rob. And this is Bad Anime, the show where we decide, um... Wait a minute. Well, it's not that. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not, okay, not, so... It's not an anime. Not I an anime gave today. a little bit of context, but I have to give a little more. We did a prerequisite episode to this one, just so you know. Yes, which will probably... This is probably coming out the week after, if we're smart, but I don't know. We might play with the order. Who knows? I don't Oh, care. it's probably not. Fuck. Wait, actually, it might. It might, actually. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh. Good, good note. Good note. I'm going to write that down so I don't forget, actually. Oh, you have a pen in hand. You're legitimately taking a note. This is amazing. I do. I do. I do. I got to I got to make the distribution work cuz I think <laughs> I planned for it, but I've also I also was also on vacation for 2 weeks, so everything. I forgot everything. So Well, there we go. Uh, I'll take a look at it. <laughs> anyway, yes, but we did. Let's get going here. Let's get going. We Let's did have a ride. What what a su- I don't know what you said. Anyway. Six-o- what? Sorry. Six-o- <laughs> Shit. Anyway, um so the prerequisite episode prerequisite for this was our episode on the first the first episode of Kamen Rider Black from 1987. Yes. yes. Because I watched the first episode of what we're covering today, Kamen Rider Black Sun, and thought, okay, their idea of making a dark reimagining of Kamen Rider Black is throwing in a bunch of anime shit, including the bad CGI and the whole mm-hmm. racism plot. Yep. So yep. what I thought we were going to get with Kamen Rider Black Sun is a... A CGI filled nightmare with a bunch of anime shit thrown in. Yeah. Delighted to say we got very little of either. Because we did get very little of those things. We did we did see glimpses of them, but not not glimpses. very much. I, I was so happy how little CGI was used. I mean, mm-hmm. really wasn't expecting that. Even some scenes where you, you could get away with CGI, they just said no. We're gonna make yeah, a giant yeah. puppet creation king, and he's gonna I, fight it. And they fucking did, and they just did, and uh. So I should start. Yeah, like, well, what, yeah, so, why don't yeah. you start off here? Why don't I'll you start? start? Off, I, you're you're the thing, more right? so the expert, as we've kind of covered in our last episode. You're kind of more of the the common rider virtuoso. Uh, uh, I am actually kind of a uh, honestly kind of an isn't too applicable with Black itself because I realized a couple oh. of things when rewatching this because interesting Black when I first got really into rider stuff this was back before Toei secured all their major distribution deals so. Actually, watching this stuff was very hard back in the day because episodes mm. would only be available very briefly before Toei would mm-hmm. crack down on them mm-hmm. across a host of video sharing sites. Right. So I've only probably seen the first couple episodes of Black and the last couple. Mm. So there's a lot in the middle of Black I didn't really or, like see or even remember. Wow. The only reason I was so fond of RX because I was able to get a cheap knockoff DVD on eBay one time and yeah, I watched right. that. How how long were the original series? Uh, About? Probably 48 to 52 episodes apiece. One wow. Oh, okay. That's lengthy. Okay. Well, yeah, because especially with live action stuff back then and, you know, still now with some somewhat, um, if 52 episodes, 52 to 48 is a normal run, uh, mm-hmm. lifespan. You know, mm-hmm. you basically want it to last the whole year. Right. And Kamen Rider Black is a very rare example where a writer gets a direct sequel. So right. Black and then Black RX mm-hmm. um, were the two, two original series. The reason why this, again, why, why this thing got made, because right now, well, last year when this came out, we were in the middle of the big Common Rider 50th anniversary project. Yes. And th- that that came across because every episode, it, it's at the forefront yeah, of the yes. episode as the title card is like, Common Rider 50th anniversary project. I'm like, oh, well, hmm, yeah, cool. No, the show's been going on for 50 years. And coincidentally, it also would have been the 35th anniversary of Black itself. Cool. Um, There was no racism stuff in the original Common Rider Black. 
Oh, there wasn't. Okay, no. good. I, I was I was I, I was curious actually. Uh I Yeah, the whole Kaijin thing didn't exist in the original Black. Okay, because we you know we only watched the first episode of the the original Black, yes. but I there were a tell. lot of things yeah. in this that I was like I'm pretty sure that this <laughs> exactly <wasn't. laughs> that this exactly. wasn't in that the racism angle, which like um, to be fair, I I thought was was good uh, a good plot point, um, which is one we've also, seen a lot of in shows just we covered alone. Yes. Devil, Devilman Crybaby was a bit of an example. Yep. They had touches mm-hmm. of it in fucking Kamikatsu, even Redo yep. of Healer of all things. Yep, yeah, all the like a lot of animes really have kind of leaned into that like racism angle, and I I think a lot of it has to do with like current Japanese uh, politics. Exactly. Japanese politics and that a lot of people in Japan don't exactly want foreigners in the country or like nope. things like that. You know, so uh, I, I what think I it often say is a, a, lot, of, pretty a well. lot of people on the right, more right leaning in Japan say like they want people to visit. They don't want them to stay. Exactly. Like you can come like be a tourist. But if you get an apartment like, sorry, we do not. We do not want. We're you. not a fan of you. No, no, no. Yeah. Got yeah. to keep trying to keep Japan Japanese, uh, I guess. Which is crazy because I thought that I thought. What I thought we were gonna get was an alleg with the whole kaijins being an allegory. That dropped very quickly when we learned how their food source was created in the second episode. Yes, 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 we did. But before yes, we even we get did. there, we should explain what's going on because my first impressions of the first episode weren't particularly great, mm-hmm. only because I thought it was so fanficy. Because mm, it was okay. so much darker than the original. And when we see Kotaro, he's like in his mid 40s shooting ketamine in himself and i'm like yeah he's he's an old man yeah yeah i i the direction that they went with this plot um having only seen the first episode of common rider black seems to be a large diversion oh Um, very much so seems to be like they have the elements there like they have kotaro they have nobiko yeah they have they have like the experimentation angle and stuff like that they have the three wizards and of leading gorbrom they have they have they have a creation king they have like all the elements, but what they do with them seems drastically different. Uh, well, if I'm not let's not forget base. that Common Rider Black is not the main character in the story. Hmm. Is Shadow Moon the main character in the in the Common Rider Black story? Well, no, no. I'm saying like in the original Common Rider Black, obviously mm-hmm. Common Rider Black's the main character. Right. In, right. In Black Sun, Kodro's not the main character. This is Aoi's story. <sighs> he like yes, it is Aoi's story. Yes. He he is the like title character he's like the guy you know he's the cool dude who gets things done but really this is our story and it it really gets highlighted at the end where i was like what the fuck yeah when she builds her entire own rebellion camp to like help people and and like destroy evil i'm like uh, we should we'll get to there but we should get because like her journey from where she starts to where she ends is nuts yeah, it's pretty nuts. Because the first uh, episode starts, right? And I'm a little mm-hmm. confused already because it, it cuts to Aoi. Um, Aoi Izumi. She's a 14-year-old girl and an activist for uh, ending discrimination against kaijin. Yes. And what we learn kaijin are are like these weird half-human, half-mutant creatures who can like hide their kind of monstrous forms. And mm-hmm. we don't really know much about them in the beginning. Right. We we see the Japanese government denying that they were created that they like originated from Japan. So at this point in the story, when it begins, no one knows how these things got here. But they started right. reproducing, and then things got icky, and no yes. one knows what's happening. Um, eventually, um, Aoi gets targeted by a couple different groups. Like you know, they they put a they put a bounty out on her, and that's how Kotro mm-hmm. learns of her existence in the first place. Mm-hmm. Let me let me stop you for one second. Yeah. And just say that Aoi's character, I believe, is a direct representation of Greta Thunberg. 
Uh, oh, wait a minute. Who's that again? Greta Thunberg is the little girl who made a speech in front of the UN about like climate change and all that oh, stuff and right, how they right. have to get their act together. Yep. And she's like a young activist. And I was yep. like, oh, this is that. <laughs> that makes, that like, makes a lot of sense. The owie is like, it's very close to that, especially because this was made so recently. Mm. And I was like, okay. Well, I, it's crazy I though like because there's a lot of activists now who are super young, especially there when are. it comes to those advocating for trans rights. Because a lot of the activists are like kids going yeah, through it. Yeah, children. Yeah. yeah like, mm -hmm. like, you know, they're teenagers going through it. So mm -hmm. um, I, that didn't hit me too. It wasn't, it didn't smack me in the face as odd just because I'm like, yeah, no, younger and younger people are being activists nowadays, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just one thing that just kind of yeah. like a reality of the world, especially as an American. I'm like, yeah, no, mm -hmm. 15 year old kids make a speech in front of Congress that they're going to ignore. I I know. Yeah. But she, I mean, she, like, as you said, was all about like the yeah, uh, any discrimination of, against any discrimination against Kaijins. Right. And yeah. a lot of people in Japan seem to be in the opposite direction that yeah, they they're like to fucking get them out of the country, exterminate them or get kill them, them, get them out of the country, whatever. Nobody knows, at least like as early as uh, the first episode or like the first how they have nobody yeah. really knows where they came from, how they started. And like I said, the, the Japanese government's denying that like they came from Japan. Right. Which right. is wrong. Which is incorrect. Which is very, very wrong. As I grew suspicious to find. <laughs> but anywho. The, the, did you say the government was lying? <laughs> In 2022? How dare what? you? What? <laughs> Crazy. Oh, but again, I have to get to this point because it's why like, I thought this show was going to be a laugh factory for us. Because um, we see Gorgum, they, the new Gorgum, it's a political party. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And they send someone after Aoi to kill her. Kotaro gets like a, here's like an, another random contract. Cause like, you know, he's basically a hoodlum bounty hunter who's, right. who's just trying to shoot himself up with ketamine. And, and he we lives don't really in know why bus. at first. Huh? And he lives and, in an abandoned bus in the middle of the There's a lot field. of abandoned buses in random like burnout villages. I love stuff like that. I love the visual, the visuals in the show because they're so bizarre. Um, so we see Aoi and her good friend Shunsuke. Who is a kaijin? Shunsuke. He's a bird kaijin. He's a bird kaijin, and you, he's like that, a common that, street that, bird. That face you made also is indicate is you know we'll talk about what happens to Shunsuke later because it got me hard. Oh god! Not that it got me erect, that it hit me emotionally. I should have really <laughs> prefaced that better. I was so erect. <laughs> I was the opposite. I was very sad. Yeah, very flaccid, very sad, very, very sad for Shunsuke. But yeah, so we see Aoi and Shunsuke just walking. They're talking about homework, you know, very innocent kid stuff where. Kotaro's following them, and this other dude who Gorgum sent after the two of them comes out, and in true rider fashion, the first villain he fights is a spider. So, mm, okay. So, you see, like, this weird CGI going on with a spider, and I'm just like, there's gonna be a lot of this in this series, isn't there? So glad I was wrong. And then there uh, wasn't. And then him and Kotaro fought, and then I noticed, like, oh, this is a lot more violent than Black ever got. Because Kotoro like rips out like, the spider's entrails and like strangles yeah. him with him. Yep. I'm like, yep. Oh, and this I is all live. Say. This is all live action. So like, you know, it oscillates from like either very goofy or gruesome. So I that is something that I wanted to hit on. That that one of the big things out of yeah. this show. Right. Um. The the big word that I use to describe this show mm -hmm. is gross it's fucking <laughs> gross oh my god there was oh not god. one episode where yeah. i said where i didn't say like 
ew, at least like twice. Yep. God, they just fucking went with it. Like, it wasn't even like gory and disgusting or anything like that. It was just straight up just unpleasant to look at all, yeah. most of the time. Like, the shit they did in this show was... It was creative, I mean, like, I'll say that, but like... God, the, I like... There were even, so many things uh, like the... Like the pudding... Like when they create... how do how they stay. Create kaijins is that they like put, put a these, stone... These magical fucking... Like, not magical, but like they engineer these stones with like weird properties yeah. and like, you know... Like, you know, and like the DNA of certain other creatures. And they basically just like cut you open... And like they this they put it in this little pouch in your stomach somewhere. Yeah. And they don't knock people out while they do this, so they're writhing in pain. For thoroughly awake during yes. the whole process. We see a child Kotro and Nobiko go through this in the first episode. Yes. And it's and it's reminiscent of the first scene in one of the first scenes in Black mm -hmm. when it's I remember both that. Of them going, mm -hmm. Kotro! Nobiko! Nobiko! But they're yeah. older teens, so it's not as disturbing. Here yeah. they are young kids, probably like seven yeah. or eight. Mm -hmm. And they're getting like the stones put in them, so they become Black Sun and Shadow Moon. And I'm like, ew! It's fucking disgusting. Like there are some, like, w like skipping ahead to just slightly a bit, but like, yeah, like obviously, like you know, spoilers. But um, yeah, you can we can skip it as much as we want. I just wanted like, to, I, the only reason I harp so much on the first episode is to give context as why I thought this show would have been like a funny watch, and that's not no, what it yeah, was. Yeah, great idea, great <laughs> idea. And it wasn't, it was not funny. Yeah. Uh, I and then at one point. When Aoi gets turned into a kaijin, which was fucking stupid, by the way. That whole sequence was so dumb and what happened afterwards. But all right. There were a lot of dumb shit in this show that I got to deconstruct. But that was I, one I, thing. I loved Aoi getting transferred into a kaijin, especially her thought, and Shunsuke. Oh, I thought remember that, remember that interaction was good. But I thought the, the, the it just didn't like the characters in that scene, like the... Like the doctor that like had to do it to her yeah. was like didn't want to do it, but then that other character who made him do it, Bell Be Be oh, Bogenia, yeah, Bogenia, he's fucking weird. Hated his character. He didn't do anything. He was just such a little bitch. Like every he was in service to everybody at any period of time, including Aoi, the person that he turned into a kaijin. For kind of no reason. Well, no, he just the reason, made no sense to me as a no, character the, reason the entire was, show. This is one of the problems with the show because the word you used was gross. Mine relates to the narrative and it's dense. Dense. It is very dense. Yes. Luckily, I didn't drink during this show because if I did, I'd Woo. be so lost. Yeah. I would have been it was, so it was. It was tough at times. It was tough. But I think like back to what I was saying before, like, yes. the doctor like, you know, puts the stone in her and she yeah. becomes like a kaijin um heals up right away first thing like the stomach mm -hmm. just kind of heals up i guess when you turn into a kaijin well but, uh, th yeah the, the kaijins do have weird healing properties so that they do you know. so it tracks yeah. but yeah. that doctor like becomes her best friend after a while and i'm like yes yeah. and it, it just a, there's so many weird characters in here that i was like what is this layering with these characters and like who well, actually well, are see, they well because like there were so many layers that were constantly getting constructed then deconstructed is a problem mm -hmm. motivations here changed wildly in terms of like Very but like they, they, they but they followed the plot line but you just had to you had to listen unfortunately yeah no 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 i like i got yeah. the plot like i got everything about it it's it just yeah. it was just a lot to take in dense as you yes, said it was Very dense because in, in the 10 episodes we had here and the episode lengths like the shortest is probably 37 minutes and the longest i think was 53 minutes yeah so like in between in, like yeah. average of 45 minutes an episode let's say yeah, i would say so 
they crammed a lot of plot in there, especially because they had two plots going on where it was the present day plot and then it would yes. cut back to the 70s and then the 70s plot kept progressing forward and forward in time until we got back to the present day. Yeah. That became hard to follow because... It did become hard to follow. Uh, I gotta say that mm. I did like the 1970s plot. I think it was really... like I enjoyed that part. I mm. think at a certain point it got really muddled towards the end. Like the yeah, 70s okay. plot had just got really just stupid and overblown. <laughs> but the beginning of it was... I was like, cool, like we're seeing some origin stories of Gorgram gotcha. and all that stuff. And, you know, like Kotaro and Nobiko obviously both have feelings for this one girl who's mm -hmm. clearly yeah. like, yeah, Yukari, who's completely really controlling them, essentially, yeah, uh, as like a freedom fighter for the Kaijin. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I think the whole part of that 1970s, uh, also, we got Oliver Johnson, who's the fucking man. Come we on. Oh, I fuck. Oh, Oliver Johnson. He's, Oliver Johnson. Because I, I think someone in the meeting said, what if they all had a black friend and they found an actor <laughs> who spoke very good Japanese and they're like, come on, Oliver Johnson. He's like, okay. My favorite characters were the Gaijin in the show. <laughs> the Oliver Johnson and, and, and his Nick. son, Nick. Yeah. And Nick. Fucking Nick. <laughs> I love I loved Nick because I didn't think he would have such an impact at the very end of the show when... Um, oh, he did. When, when him and Kuromi found the prime minister. And killed him, which was so really? funny. My favorite thing at the end of that, after they brutally just destroyed this man. Oh, Oliver Johnson, never forget. <laughs> yeah. Never forget, Oliver Johnson. He just screamed the name of his dad after he it murdered was... the prime minister of Japan. Was who was so who was funny. the who was the biggest villain in the show as a prime minister? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he was pulling all the strings, making the kaijins, and he, I think he, that yeah. and what he was doing, which is amazing to me, because again, I mentioned how the allegory got dropped very quickly. Mm. We learned that a the government knows about the kaijins because they created them. Yeah, and they just made them originally yeah. for weapons of war. Right, but one of the main reasons they're being kept around is. The fucking prime minister was like, "Well, we can, um, well, we need to, we need, we need human flesh to create their food. So how about we just round up all like the poor, elderly, and gay people and just like uh, turn them into monster food? Yep. And that's what they did. That's what they did. And, and it, it was just, glossed over a little bit in the second it, episode. I'm like, can we can was, we run that back? I was like, excuse me. They they expanded on it later, but they did. Yeah, but still." Uh, but yeah, they, they make like, and the substance is called heaven, which is yes. once again, this fucking gross, like jelly, blue jelly, a lot of like gross liquids throughout mm -hmm. this entire, like, oh God, like the blue liquid from the creation king. I was like, yeah. ew, it's coming out of his like, <laughs> it's coming out of his grundle. Like yeah. it's, it's disgusting. They did so many things in this show that I yeah. was like, this I would gross. hate, there would be no job that I would hate more in this world <laughs> than to be the prop master for this fucking show. Really? And having to make all of these goops and goos and all that, just like, oh, goops ugh, and like, goos. disgusting, just gross. Oh, I was just saying ew to myself all the time. Did you have, did you also happen to watch this one on a plane? I did watch it on a plane, so maybe that didn't help. The nausea did not help. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. I would love to, I would love if someone like looked at your screen like, what the fuck is he watching? It got, it was definitely, I was like, oh man, I hope nobody sees this fight between a grasshopper and a whale on my screen. <laughs> oh, the little whale guy, he was so fucking. <laughs> he was so weird. That's the thing, you got a lot of weird kaijin in here. Because weird. 
Because, you know, there was a couple of kaijin kids running around because what happened was after the government made them, they started, like, reproducing. So yeah, right. it got, things got out of hand and the government's like, oh, fuck, what do we do? <laughs> but yeah, no, they're being, and they're selling some of them off to other governments. It's a, they're a tool. Yeah, there was also a part where uh, I remember in the, one of the first episodes where they had like a kaijin in a cage and yes. they were like selling them to the, oh, the auction bidder yeah. and stuff like auctions and stuff. So, yeah, they, 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 they've created quite a business for themselves in like selling off these kaijin around. Yeah. And like uh, I remember that same episode, someone like the prime minister was in like a parliament meeting and then they pass him a note saying like how much a certain kaijin sold for. And the prime minister's like, good. And it's like, oh, yeah. my God, he's controlling everything damn this guy. and we learn we very quickly learn why he does not like the gaijins because when he was younger he got kidnapped by a group of them wait a minute he did what was that oh man he, you gotta was, drag my memory he was the kid that they kidnapped he was the prime minister's grandson who later became oh prime minister he was himself. that guy yes oh that makes a lot of sense i don't know why i didn't make that connection it's so it obvious because they literally, he is like, and like following episodes, he is like the grandson of the guy that did all yes. this shit. So yes. it makes and it makes he, a and, lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, no, and he that's the thing we learned why he personally hates the kaijin. But yeah, because mm. it was um in the seventies, um, which ties into this show. What I think this show's message is trying to be, which is one that I've never seen before. If this is the correct message that I, well, here's the message that I gleaned from it. But I'll get into it later. But for to get to the plot for a little bit, in the seventies, what happens is um. Kotaro and Nobiko, they join the Kaijin, like, you know, kind of resistance group. They're like, well, we got these weird-ass powers. Um, We're both bugs. Yeah. We, we should fight, you know, unite with other Kaijins to fight for mm -hmm. our equality. So they meet a couple of Kaijin, mainly um, Dorum, Bisham, um, Bilgania, and the little person, whose name yes. I'm forgetting. Mm -hmm. And once I saw the little person, I'm like, and the woman and the guy, I'm like, oh, these are the three, like, wizards from the original. <laughs> wow nice i saw Good that work like, uh-oh and then they wore the robes i'm like okay that's actually just them yep the that's the them <laughs> the leaders of gorgon from the original they're wearing black instead of white but you know, mm, you know i see it, it all just kind of clicked for me and i completely forgot that bogania was also a character in the original dude just could not make any sense the entire the entire show well, to me because well, here's the thing like he kept he was he kept turning coat he was like big show yeah, he, he big turns. showed. He big showed. Though not the entire thing because at this ties into what happens. Uh, so they kidnap the prime minister's grandson. Prime minister isn't thrilled. Try to send people to kill him, etc. They get into some fights here and there. Some interesting stuff. Then they just kind of they take a meeting with the prime minister at one point, and he's like, "All right, give me my grandson back. We're gonna make you guys a political party. You on paper, you'll have all the same rights as humans." But when time comes, I need you guys to do a lot of shit for me. And Dorum, the leader of Gorgrim, is like, oh, fuck. We're concessing a lot. We're giving a lot of concessions here, but we can guarantee our species survival. And that's the first time Bill Ganey is like, what are you doing? Just kill him right now. Yeah. And, he, and then but, Bill Ganya, like joins the prime minister, though. Later on, he joins the prime minister. Yeah, because um, Bill Ganya, and this is basically a religious, a religious zealot who legitimately believes the creation king is god yes yes i i i remember this yeah and the, for just so just so people can have a context we see the creation king why he's called that is in order to make new kaijins you need the goo that comes out the blue goo that comes the out blue of him goo. yeah his blue goo you need so, that to make kaijins and the thing is whenever a creation king dies you need a successor to become a new one um 
Kotaro, Kotaro and Nobuko's father accidentally made the creation king when they were experimenting on people. They're like, yes. oh, fuck. Which is very funny uh, because yeah. they were like, well, he was like, he also said that Kotaro and Nobuko were born on the same day yes. that the creation king was made. And, okay. So, they said the creation king, if I'm not mistaken, what I remember hearing, the creation king was made because they tried to turn a guy into a kaijin. Yes. Uh, but it was also on an eclipse, an eclipse yeah. with, by the same time, a locust infestation. Yes. <laughs> so, that made the creation king. Yes. And because the sun was eclipsed, that's why we have black sun and shadow moon. Yes. Um, And... Another layer is that in order to create mm -hmm. the creation king or make another creation king, you need to rub these two stones together. Yes, the two halves of the king stone. Yes, the king stone halves to, to create a new creation king. So these king stones are out there. Yes. Gorgrom wants them yes. because they're, you know, they, they're good to have probably mm -hmm. uh, to make another creation king in case this one kicks the bucket. Uh, it's looking pretty old, so it's probably yeah. going to be. Pretty yeah, the whole soon. thing is the creation king is about to die. They need to find a new one. And here's the interesting thing, right? We learned that apparently, you can take your stone out as a kaijin, and it doesn't affect you at all. You can just kind of pop it back out because it's it, weird. Yeah, I, I that was so strange. I was like, because uh -huh. the two halves of the king stone are what they use to make Nobiko and Kotaro black right. suns. Right. The red half is the Kotaro's half, and the green one is Nobiko's. Right. It corresponds with uh, their eye color that they later develop in the series, right. which I find very funny because it's the reverse Star Wars where you have the green as the good guy and red as the bad guy. It's I got the, the same that. thing. Yep. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. that, I got the I same thing. Japan has much different connotations of the color red that it's we true. do in the West. It's true. Like on the arcade machines, red meant go. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, huh? Well. Average, uh, if you play a PS2 game in Japan, uh, the circle button is the yes and X is no. Ah, wow. It's the reverse yeah. of what we have here. It's yeah, very it's weird. Very weird very 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 odd but anyway but yes but they they okay so that was a big confusion point for me as well really so these stones are out there yes but nobiko and kotaro were the stones were put into them yes but at one point taken out what when did they get taken out who did that they gave them to yukari at one point oh yeah that's right yeah they gave them to yukari she's like i'll keep them safe and they're like and we then, trust you for reasons and then the and then after that, uh, here's the reason. Hot. Uh, <laughs> she's hot. Primal. Uh, they, they, they were thinking with their Oliver Johnsons. Yes, they were. Oliver Johnson. <laughs> Never forget Oliver Never Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> um, but, okay. Uh, yeah. Another, the, the glaring part to me was like, okay, so Owie... Yes. By some way, like we see flashbacks to Oliver Johnson and like Oliver Johnson like has the King Stones and he gives one to Aoi's parents who then in turn give it to Aoi. She wears as a necklace and the government's like looking for them. Obviously, like yes. the prime minister wants them, but prime minister is old when they're looking for them. Right. He's at yes. his age that he basically is at the showtime. So what the fuck were they doing for the last 50 years, bro? Like this, these stones have been out there. Why haven't they been looking for them? They just like didn't like they took them 50 years to find that Oliver Johnson had had a stone. That, that's and what that, we're and then to believe, now, apparently. Yeah. And then now they know that Aoi has a stone. They just find it. Like, th that seemed like a little ridiculous to me. I was like, what have you been doing? Like, Kotaro's been aging. He hasn't been doing much. 
Nobuko's been in your prison. Kotaro's been smacking drugs into his system, trying to like lessen all the pain because he refuses to drink heaven for a long time. Yes, because it's grounded up human. So we see his moral compass there. Yeah, Nobuko's just been in a prison cell, and they're hoping he'll tattle and say where the kingstones are. He legitimately doesn't even know at this point. Yeah. And the only reason Kotaro doesn't actually finish the job and kill Aoi to get like the money for it is he sees the kingstone around her neck and is like, where the fuck did you get my kingstone? Yeah. And so that's yeah. how their kind of relationship starts to, starts to form. We learn soon learn that Aoi's parents were been on the run for a while because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, trying to like, you know, prevent Gorgum from getting the new creation stone. So she, you know, um, they've been on the run. So Aoi's never really had that father figure in her life. She's been mm-hmm. looked after this caretaker lady who gets brutally murdered in like the second or third oh, episode. Oh, yeah, by Poison Ivy. I mean, yep. whoever that vine woman was. Yeah, she was she was fun for the, for the episode we have with her. She also looked gross. She, yep. <laughs> god, that face! Oh my god, burned into my nightmares. Well, that's the thing. Even even when the show didn't have to be gross, it went gross. It just, just did. It just did <laughs> all the time. All the I'm like, who who decided that every episode needs to just be like, ooh. <laughs> Oh, I felt so bad for Shinsuke in episode two where, oh, you, where, where you thought they killed him because she stepped mm-hmm. on his head and like one of his eyes popped out heavy. Yeah, he which gets was like curb ew. stomped. Yeah. But uh, then Nobiko shows up skin just like start like just shovels heaven into his mouth and he's fine because he wasn't mm-hmm. dead yet. He was like near dead. So we learned yeah. that what a fucking OP thing heaven is. Yeah, it can revive you. It could do really well for you. And like Nobiko, uh, while he was in uh, prison at Gorgrom, yeah. was being fed heaven daily so yeah, just, just enough heaven to keep him alive so he's just been living and he hasn't yeah. aged at all like when he gets because out it, which yeah. is why we have like hot young stud nobiko and like old daddy kotaro, kotaro. exactly which I kinda, which I surprisingly love that dynamic between the two of them i liked it yeah i yeah. really did like it like because kotaro's just been out here living life you know and like yeah. nobiko's just like coming back trying yeah. to find grips with reality uh and, 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 and nobiko's motivations change hardcore yes. which, which i then no, the, no, liked i did nobiko's journey was fucking insane it was cool i because, i liked his backstory yeah. and journey yeah once he realized what the hell kaijins were and everything like that all he wanted to do was originally kill the creation king mm-hmm. that way there'd be no more kaijins made that the people you know living their lives would you know kaijins would live normal lives until they died but you know he was hopeful that we'd stop making more kaijins however um, it's kind of a. It reminded me a little bit of some scenes of Cry Devilman Crybaby, especially when Nobuko just sees all the hate that humans have for Kaijin and how you know humans are the real demons all along type thing. Right. Nobuko changes tune a little bit, mm-hmm. and what happens with that is um he starts forming like this little army of Kaijin, yeah. and because he sees like all these riots going on and people getting like beaten and shot by cops and he's like fuck this we should not be peaceful we should be pissed we should yeah. be angrier who is gonna follow me so he get all he, he makes this group of all like the young kaijins including they, shunsuke including shunsuke they mm-hmm. bomb a building <laughs> mm-hmm. they kind of become a terrorist group like an extremist like fringe terrorist yeah, group, yeah. essentially and so what they do is they try to free all the people that they have caged up they make heaven out of so that was the original goal. They wanted to free mm-hmm. all the people they make heaven out of, but then the cops show up and just gun almost all of them down. They just all die, like yeah. right after they get let out, essentially. Oh, and fucking when she, we'll talk about it now. When Shinsuke died, it was so fucking sad. Yeah, that was really sad. What happened is he escaped. He made it through, but earlier in the season, 
he as in his bird form he pooped on a uh on a like a one of the elite lee like hate speech mongers we've yeah. seen throughout the series so far that was really funny i enjoyed that part that scene was great but then like they cornered him in an alley and just killed him and he's yep. screaming for help but all the um humans just keep walking by they're like oh they're just beating up a kaijin we don't care Mm-hmm. One, they show one great shot, uh, like it's an overhead shot of a guy leaving the bathroom there next to, like an outside, like a porta potty type thing, thing, or like an outside mm-hmm. bathroom. He looks at it, just walks away. Yep. I found that little sh- touch of detail so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, Nobiko loses it because they yeah. see they hung his dead body above like his pe- little his parents' little kind of hovel because mm-hmm. his parents live in this kind of slum area. Yeah, that's kind of reminiscent of like the fucking uh, the kids' home from uh cyberpunk mm-hmm. that little yeah, like very little alley so. which yeah, i fucking I love that that setting yeah the imagery yeah, was good he's he was hanging there his dead body and like with a sign around his neck saying this is what happens to kaijin and nobiko loses it he just runs up he literally grabs like the like the the late hate monger's head and squishes him to death in a scene you i know, love because his head exploded it was great there there weren't many scenes i will say there weren't many scenes in this uh show that actually made me feel something because I I do have that continuous disconnect with like the the costumes and stuff. Yeah. I just think they look so silly, so I mm-hmm. can just never really get into it uh, because I, I'm just never like I, I just never buy I can't buy into it. It's just not like mm-hmm. it just doesn't do it for me. I but gotcha. that scene of Shunsuke's death, like even though he he does look like a dumb street bird. Um, yeah. When I saw it, I was like, "Oh man, that's really sad." Actually, <laughs> so oh, there was a that, lot of moments. Yeah, that I, did that did get me at at that point. There um, are a lot of moments for me where I felt it. Um, particularly when they turned Aoi into a kaijin, you see them cutting her open, and she's just screaming. Yeah, I, that was kind of. I, I was like, well, mostly I was like, "Ew," but, <laughs> but no, for me, also, I, for me, I was like, "Oh my god, this is brutal." And then you know she loses control a little bit. There's the great fight scene between her and Kotaro. When she's like full on kaijin form, yeah. Then he realizes like, Aoi? He's like, he's, oh no. But then that was the first hard pop I had of the series when he fucking he 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 turns, twists his fist together, and and does the like the old school transformation pose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I lost my shit, especially because the costumes morph from like their primal state into mm-hmm. the more refined version that looks a lot more like the original black. Mm-hmm. Still very different, but it looked more like Kamen Rider Black that I'm familiar mm-hmm. with, and I was like. Yo, the transformation scenes were the coolest by far yeah. in the show. All of them, I was like, "That's that's tits. That's yeah. awesome!" <laughs> like literally, anytime yeah. anybody said "henshin," I was like, "Thank God, this is so cool!" And like anytime they sick. did, they're like, Whoo. "Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're like little arm out and so yeah. I, I thought that was great. Like anytime there was a transformation, usually in, in like anime, I would be like, "Oh God!" Like another transformation scene. This is so overplayed. Here, it was so fun, and it I was, was every was. time they did it, I was like, "Yeah." Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. So lot, cool. The lot of reason why I fell in love with Toku to begin with is just these trans- these epic transformation scenes. I love them. And the, mm-hmm. uh, the first one here that Kotaro did after realizing I was a kaijin was great. Um, him and Belgania had a pretty damn good fight. And that's the thing here. I've seen some people criticize Black Sun for the actual action scenes. A lot of hardcore Toku fans like, they were too short. I'm like, they were telling the stories. Fuck you. <laughs> really? Trying- I thought the action scenes were quite good, actually. Well, like a lot of the hardcore Toku fans are just people who want fight scene, fight scene, fight scene. I'm like, uh, you, need, you need context. You need to care. Mm-hmm. You need to care. Um, you I thought some of them were. I thought they were fine in length. I thought like maybe the longest one was um, when Bill Genio was fighting off like all those cops. 
Oh, I uh, love that. Trying to trying to get Aoi. Every everything about my affection for the show can be summed up in that scene where mm. you have Bulgania and I think it was I can't remember his name. I, I'm gonna say Komatsu. I think it was wrong. Mm. The one cop they paint as a good guy throughout this entire mm. season. Yes, yes. Suddenly, one person you've been led to hate this entire show and one you've been led to like are fighting each other, and your hopes are flipped. Mm-hmm. You're hoping Bulgania wins because he's protecting Aoi at this point. Right. As she's doing another live stream exposing the Japanese government for making kaijin. Yes. And I fucking, I'm like, this show is making me care a lot. And Bulgania just gets fucking wrecked by these cops. I literally did not care about that scene at all. I will really? say. Because Bilgenia just completely lost my interest. Because mm-hmm. the, amu- the amount of things that he has done in this show, I was like, I don't care about him anymore. He's just such like a flippity-floppity character that it just didn't really matter. I was like, oh, mm. good. Like, somebody's protecting Aoi. But at no point was I ever like, oh, my God, Bilgenia is so valiant, like, so cool. Like, no, the entire time. I thought he was cool. The entire time I was just like, oh. Bilgenia is is in another fight. Okay, <laughs> he really lost my interest. I think like him just being such mm. like a, I, I, once again the word dense comes up, but just such like a oh yeah. man, I just could never keep track of him. I was like, I don't understand his motivations at any point because they because they changed the next episode. Yeah, but you got to You just had to kind of listen for what his because his entire thing was the creation king. He really believed he was God. That's why he followed, you know. He wasn't happy about the direction Gorgon went, so that's why he fought. But he still followed him because it was for the Kaijin cause. You know, mm-hmm. still he thought it was in service to Creation King. Um, he signed with he had he started to sign line with the Prime Minister because the Prime Minister's next goal was to create a new Creation King. So that's why he went with the Prime Minister. Mm. With Nobiko wanting to become the next Creation King, that's why he followed him. It wasn't until they met with one of the professors, I think Nobiko's father, Professor Azuki, Azuki, yes. where he just spelled it out. It's like. No, the Creation King is no god. It's a fuck up we made in the lab one time. Sorry. Once Bulgania realized his entire religion was a lie, that's why he wanted to protect Aoi. He's like, well, I got, I did some terrible, terrible things because of this. You know, people doing terrible things because of religion, you know, it's always a plot point I kind of liked because it's like, wow, yeah, I had sure. the best of intentions, but look at all the shit I've done. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted to protect Aoi because, you know, he realized, oh, I need to atone for like a lot. And I was like, I'm not going to forgive you. You killed my mom in front of me. And the yeah. guy was like, yeah. 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 He was like, I I killed your mom in front of you and made you into a kaijin. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, it I just, don't know. It, I, I just didn't. It, it just didn't connect. He didn't connect with me, I guess, is what I'm trying to say throughout I mean, the entire. He, he was always as, like, mm. he was always that character that I was like, I just, like the whole idea of him being like, mm very very uh um dedicated to the creation king i was like okay that's that's something i can like understand mm. um i don't know I, I just don't i i just didn't get his place a lot of the time it was, he I, was, was he, he kinda, I, I was following i gotta say i was following mm. he kind of read henchman to me the entire time but like that wanted to do something bigger but never quite got to do it i guess uh but yeah, no, i don't was, know that was, he kinda, was that was good yeah that's a pretty good point you know what he, i, I guess it was so. yeah yeah but I don't know. He didn't do much for me, I guess, is mm. what I'm trying to say. But the uh, the the scene with also in the 70s, mm. the wood scene, uh, when they're in the woods and they have the creation king in like a box or like yes. a house. 
such a mess. <laughs> that, that whole scene was such a mess. It like went over for like an episode or two. Mm. And like they have the grandson with them who's like tied to a tree. Yep. And like one episode, the uh, the girl, I forget her name. Um, you got it? Yeah, Yukari got the stones from uh, Kotaro and Nobiko. And then uh, all at the same time, like Oliver Johnson's like, what's going on? And then, yeah. uh, oh man, I can't, I can't even remember his name anymore. The, the guy that I'm harping on continuously. Bulgania. And Bulgania is like, well, you, I, you're not going to try to kill the creation king are you and everybody's like no <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. not and he's like he's like because don't because that's bad because don't because i'm bulgania because don't and then they're all like oh we would never do that yeah. and then he sees like she and then he kills uh he kills their love interest yep uh with a sword mm-hmm. uh and then um the satan give, saber excuse me satan saber that's right it was a big deal the on the only show. sword that is known to kill the creation king completely. Yes. Which is so funny because the the legend that created around it was like, it's the sword meant to protect him. It's like, no, it's actually the thing we have that can kill him. It's like, yeah, which oh. is really funny. Oh, oops. I, I lot, guess somebody lo- messed up there. A lot of tragic irony here in the show, which I love. Yeah. There's a couple scenes of great tragic irony. Yeah. And that was another thing, though, the creation king thing. Um, Towards the end, right? When yeah. Kotaro's like, I gotta do it. I gotta kill the Creation King to like prevent like any more kaijins mm-hmm. from being born to be born into discrimination. And right. I'm like, I get it. Cool. I yeah. love that. He wanted uh, to spare people his fate. Spare people his fate. Exactly. Very, very fun plot device. I really enjoyed that. Right. Um, and then Nobiko you have who is like, yes. no, us kaijins have to be the dominant species that we are. Stop taking shit and kill all the humans. Yeah. And then you have those ideals clashing at some point. But right. before then, Kotaro gets to the creation king and he's like, I'm finally going to kill you. Because like, he tried to kill him at one point, but then he fucked up Kotaro's leg. Yeah. But now, creation king's a lot older, a lot weaker. So, so he's uh, hoping it'll work this time, yeah. Kotaro's trying to kill him this time. So but he, he does, basically. He kills him, essentially. I, like His heart's still out, and it's beating. Oh, gross. Uh, his heart's still out, like, in beating next Which to Which is actually a very um, intelligent callback to the original show, because is it? in, in the original show, they don't reveal what's left of the creation king till towards the end, and it's mm. just the heart. Mm. Oh, that's clever, then. That's fine. Yep. It's, it was very clever. Um, and here's but the he, thing. He, he, he kills him, though. Well, we think. We... But, like, he doesn't actually. Yeah. Because his heart's still beating. Exactly. But, I mean, like, what's he going to do? Wait, wait, like, what's, like, what's the creation? Like, he's he's not dead, but, like, he doesn't have a body anymore. Like, he's like, what, what's he going to do? Like, it, so my, my question, maybe you can answer it, is... Okay. Why did Kotaro feel the need to then become the creation king? Because... Oh, he didn't want to. Well, he didn't want to, but he did. It was an accident. Oh, it was an accident. Okay. He thought he, the he, creation king was dead. Oh, and then he put the two stones together and he became the creation king. And then he got I enveloped see. by the heart and attacked by the oh, heart. Okay. I thought he no. did it intentionally because he was like, no. well, there's got to be a creation king. And I guess it got No, 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 Bounty. The entire point of that scene was oh. Kotaro thinking he succeeded, but he failed. Oh. Him okay. going, oh, fuck, you're still alive. Oh, that's better. Okay. That's good. Oh, yeah, no, it, I love that scene, because once I saw, like, because in my head, I'm like, that heart's still beating, I, the king's still alive. 
and then the stones, mm-hmm. you know, Kiltro combine the stones accidentally, and then next thing you know, he gets eaten, basically, basically gets eaten by a giant heart. Yeah. And then it gets formed into the new creation king against his wishes. And I was just like, oh, no. So that scene makes a lot more sense now, because yeah. when I was watching that, for some reason, I had thought, because he seemed to very intentionally put those stones together. Like, it didn't seem like an accident. He well, was though, just I like, think, oh, he might, like, let me he just might, put these together and see he what He might have put them together intentionally. But to, like, I, test no, it out, I guess, maybe? Well, just know. to do it, just, like, you know, you have the King Stones, because, you know, at that point, he just fucking beat, he killed Nobiko over that point, from what I remember. Right, And, yeah. you know, he basically wanted to end the conflict, but, no, he very much thought he killed the Creation King. He thought he was winning, and he didn't. Then why did he touch the two stones together, bro? Like, why did he do that? I Just to unite the stones, because I thought, like, in probably, it's, I, I think the symbolism is supposed to be the conflict is over. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what I got. That was the read I got from it. Hmm. And I'm just like, no, because I remember saying, no, Kotro, you idiot. And then uh, I, I, I knew that heart was coming for him. I knew okay. it was coming. OK, because yeah. I because I thought that like he he was like, oh, the, I mean, I basically killed the creation king or like even if I didn't like it's just the heart can't do anything to me like. All right, I think we're good, guys. Let's just like encase the heart somewhere and just yeah, that's it. That's it. He, we he did just it. Need, he needed to be more thorough. He needed to actually kill the king, but he, he thought he did it. At least that was my read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I know. I think you're no. correct on there. Like, I, I think my read was incorrect. But at the same time, it was a little confusing to like figure because I, I was like, okay, so he's now the creation king. Like, but he listen, this the whole show, together. this whole show can get very confusing. It, it, it was a bit confusing. Yeah, generally. No, the but, whole show. Yeah. It, yeah, that's that's like the main folly of this show, where it is legitimately hard to follow. It's not. Yeah. It's not a Neva situation where they keep plot points vague. The plot's all there. You just gotta like, you know, you really gotta pay attention to follow. Really along. gotta. It's, like it's not. It's not exactly you know light viewing, especially with some of the nonsense we watch on this show. This one was pretty plot heavy. Pretty heavy, yeah. Pretty plot heavy, and uh, also, I mean, at, at the end, right, uh, when Kotaro is the creation king. Yeah. Something I did enjoy. Uh, was when Aoi, right, comes in and Kotaro's... Oh, that's, oh that whole ending, ending sequence oh, got me so bad. It's good. Because it, the the part that I was like, oh, that's... that's Oh, no. Sad. When yeah. uh, he comes up to her and, like, grabs her from the back, like, from yeah. the neck, as he did when he was teaching her how to fight. Yeah, because yeah, the, the whole... Like, in, in like, the mid, very early in the season, like, you know, I was like, you, you have to teach me how to fight and defend myself against all these people who are trying to kill me. So there's one very particular scene where, like, he has his hand around, like, kind of like almost sleeper hold kind of position. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, you do this, this, and that to get away and to fight back. He, he gets up and he's, like, can barely move because now he's a creation king. He's like, Aoi, kill me, please. And he puts his arm around her neck. And mm-hmm. we're like, oh, no, she's going to kill him. Yeah, and that's, like, the sequence with, like, she, like, does yeah. what he taught her and, like... Yeah, and it, but instead of a back then, elbow, she takes the mm-hmm. tip of Satan's saber and stabs mm-hmm. him in the heart with it, mm-hmm. and he turns into dust. And all the credit to the young actress here, that scream she let out after she stabbed him was right below fucking Midori in like the ending scream. In there. Yeah, she, that was a blood-curdling shrill. scream from this actress here. Mm-hmm. It was fucking brutal when she mm-hmm. just basically had to kill the only father figure she ever had. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. It was it w- wow i mean emotionally that was the one scene i'm like oh god that's so sad yeah it was very sad her i gotta say her acting was quite good uh yes. her like reactions to things was always like oh that's good like she like really leaned into it i thought uh, yes, i thought no, the she... acting generally 
in this was, was good. surprisingly good. Like yes, I, the- I think like generally, I think Nobiko was my favorite character just of like Fair. the turns that he took after the through the entire show. And his um, turns, were, even though there was a couple of them, they were easy enough to follow. Mm-hmm. No, they made sense. They made yeah, sense. Point and, you know, a and I was point like, B okay. weren't obscured like other characters were. I got it. The the whole thing about him being at the head of Gorgrom after being in prison at Gorgrom for yeah. so long was like very interesting and like yes. that whole dynamic and like how like Bishum is just yep. kind of like stab dorm in the back. First lady literally. in charge. Like she yeah. just always is like on on top anywhere she goes, which is interesting dynamic. Her her kaijin, disgusting. Whatever that oh, like bat bird thing what <laughs> oh my god it looked like a naked mole rat with teeth wow. like disgusting absolutely gross <laughs> oh god the prop master on this whoever it is like hey you did a great job but you you I, I mean a great job considering the budget they must have had for this not being tremendously high but mm-hmm. they really did a they pulled no punches like i said very little cgi which for me was a huge mm-hmm. bonus i love seeing more practically based effects because mm-hmm. they're becoming more and more rare in an age where mm-hmm. computers are so readily available mm-hmm so yeah. I love that. Um, I will say uh, one thing I forgot to mention was because I said I talked about how Kotaro had the second form where he got closer to the original costume. I loved when Nobiko, after he squished the mob leader's head and is full and now fully invested in killing off all the humans and making the world for Kaijin. That's when like the smoke clears and you see the green eyes light up and it's like, there's Shadow Moon. He's yeah. there. It's pretty cool. But, but again, again, the show not needing to be gross, but it was gross. When they made the swords out of like the back tendril things, because they, like, they literally two, like, had to rip out their own like arm exoskeleton, yeah, exoskeleton, their own like uh, what is it called? Like in I don't know, like their own little yeah. sp- like grasshopper arm. Yeah, they had to like rip it off to form a sword. I was like, you didn't it, you, okay. <laughs> well, what I loved, I loved was they ate, they each did it once in the series and it never grew back. It just doesn't grow back. Yeah, which and is then crazy. And in the final battle, they rip off each other's yeah. and then fight. And then it's somehow, though, during the fight scene, like their respective swords get back in their hands. I'm like, that attention to detail wasn't needed, but I'm so glad I got it. It was nice. I it also like the um the fan service that we were talking about over text in the final episode of the intro. Well, th- well that's the thing. They, this show is super light on the writer fan service. Mm-hmm. It was really light until episode 10 starts and they recreated the original theme it's awesome like the original intro oh my god it was so fucking cool once that was I, so cool once i saw kotaro the current kotaro walk through the door i'm like dun, dun, talk about dun, dun. something that so like happy. even to a person who has very very, very little minimal experience connection with yeah. the original series i was yeah. like yo that's cool <laughs> Even me. And then when yeah. he rider kicked him and rider punched him, I was like, that's cool. Oh, the rider kick. When when he hit that first kick, I was losing my mind. Um because that so was the cool. only one he did throughout the entire show. Yep. It was. He saved it for the finish. Every other one was like a straight up fight. Like it was just like a regular fight. And this one he just like used the moves, played yeah. the hits, and I was like, nice. That was Well, because every other fight he was like ripping someone's head or arm off mm-hmm. or something in a grotesque manner. And this is mm-hmm. the only time it wasn't so grotesque. True. True. Oh, something something that was grotesque. Oh my god! Uh, in the fight between uh, Nobiko and Kotaro, when Nobiko like impales oh, Kotaro yes. on the like the door on the door with a sword, and Kotaro instead of pulling out the sword because he can't he pull it out, it. he just walks through it, leaving a gaping hole in his body. And I was like, oh, ooh, so badass, but also. Gross. But well, you <laughs> so have a great word about there because they painted Kotaro in this one 
as a grizzled badass. They did. They really did. They gave him that like he had that like Clint Eastwood kind of grit to him for some yes. reason I got throughout. I was yes. like, I like Kotaro. He's like an older dude. He's like, I don't I don't got time for this shit. I'm too old for this shit kind of attitude. But he's and just I still bangs, dude. His story arc there is very interesting because he basically spent 50 years doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the message I got with him is it's never too late to take action and make a difference. Mm-hmm. Because everyone talked about fulfilling wishes of others at one point during the show, like I'm carrying on the so and so, like the prime minister's wish, I'm carrying on my mom's wish, etc. He said something kind of powerful to me. He's like, I'm carrying on a wish too, the wish of my younger self. He's always behind me watching. So, you know, I got a very be true to yourself kind of vibe off him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just love that mentality of like, you know, even when things are the darkest and you've done, and you know, it's, there's no excuse to never like do anything. You can always fight. You can always do something. You can always and, prevail. And that props. was such a good message. And props because it wasn't cheesy. No, it very easily. I know it's cheesy in nature, but it could have very easily been. But in it the context of the show, it wasn't cheesy as fuck. But if you watch the show, not that cheesy. It's very no. like actually. Oh, I'd see why he would say this in this situation. It's not yes. like very preachy or anything. It's very no, very well done all. in that respect. Well, that's the thing. Like he, he never, he never um, extrapolates his values. He never just starts barking his own values. He just says what he feels about himself, and he never says he never gives anyone any directive of how they should feel about anything, which mm-hmm. I've always loved. Because mm-hmm. I've always found it so overall. And people said, "I thought this. You should think the same way." Right. It's just I don't know something about that always rubbed me the wrong way. Since people are so different from in person to person, life experiences paint people in completely different ways. Mm-hmm. We're all snowflakes, you see. <laughs> that's what we are <laughs> it's funny because I, I i always quote lewis black when i say that but now that mm. term has so much negative connotation oh my god I, so much the fact i said that i'm like no that's not what i meant <laughs> i mean that we're all truly individualistic and unique at the end of the day as much as we want to try to fall into groups we're our own people and it's hard but anyway speaking of own people aoi because how her journey goes and what I think one of the messages of the show is fucking almost disturbed me, but in a way I didn't mind. Okay. Because it seems like the message with Aoi is activism can only get you so far. Sometimes you have to fight hate with more hate. Hmm. Because okay. that's what happened with her. She started the show as, an, as a peaceful activist saying, hey, don't treat Kaijin bad. But I love what they did when they made her a Kaijin here. Because for the first like two or three episodes she was a Kaijin... She was distraught and, like, really didn't want to admit she was a kaijin. Shunsuke called her out immediately, and she's like, he was like, bitch, you said it doesn't matter. Yeah. Remember how yeah, we, he was like, you've we... been preaching equality for kaijins all this time, and, like, you you said that kaijins are people, too, and you don't want to accept that you're a kaijin. What the and fuck? It, it was pretty I, cool, actually. I was I, like, yeah, Shunsuke, tell her, tell her. I, I, love, I love calling out the hypocrisy there. Yes. You know, it's a very brave thing to do, call her hypocrisy like that. I don't know what they're trying. I don't know if they're trying to make a grand message out of it or anything, but I loved I loved exposing the hypocrisy in the individual character. Mm-hmm. You know, she's also a kid, so we can lay off her a little bit. But yeah, yeah, right. Sure. Exactly. But I love that. And then like her speech to the U.N. was, you know, her second one. She's like, why aren't you furious? Why mm-hmm. aren't you angrier? The time for peaceful protest is done. And then when the show ends, we see a little girl getting like, you know, tramp like stepped on as she's trying to protest some racist picketers who are now they moved on from kaijin just to foreigners again yeah which is i'm like oh that's japan yeah (laughs) exactly 
Aoi just picks her up and brings her to her little resistance camp. And I love how the flag is the symbol she painted on Black's chest. Yes, which, which is, is the, the symbol original symbol that was there. Of Gorgrom. Yeah, the original symbol of Gorgrom, right? Yep, exactly. So she just drew the little... Well, it's a slightly altered version for Black. Right. Because that's the version Black had on his chest during the right. original show. And I love how they waited until oh. like episode 10 to put it on his chest. It's cool. amazing fan service. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll always went through revelations like, yeah... I have to fight hate with hate. She's literally having them build bombs. Yep. So she's uh, literally at the helm once again, kind of like a terrorist. What Nobiko did, like yes. yeah, what Nobiko did, like an extremist terrorist group that just like yeah. does things and but they're fighting, but they're legitimately fighting for peace against those mm -hmm. who have been stepped on and discriminated. It basically it feels like Black Panthers, like the original Black Panthers Very in like much. the sixties and seventies, and I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, it's like fighting for peace with war, you know? Exactly. It's like, so, oh, it, it was very interesting. It's meeting meeting violence head on with violence. Mm -hmm. And the message of the show kind of felt like, yeah, sometimes you got to do it, folks. Mm -hmm. You just got to fight fi fire with fire. I'm like, if that's the message, what a fucking message to choose to have in yep. your show. Because mm -hmm. then again, how, hip how hypocritical would it be for this show to be so bloody and disgusting and violent and go, yeah, but you don't need violence. It's like, you spent 10 episodes showing us nothing you but violence. You did so much. <laughs> yeah, no, that... I, I, I agree. I think that the ending... I think it was pretty satisfactory. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that it's just like... Man, everybody she knows just kind of died. It's exactly. really, it's really Everyone sad. Everyone she cares about is dead. Yeah, and then now she has like that doctor that turned into into a mm. kaijin, and then like yeah. that other guy who yep. I think is the whale guy. Whale guys there, yeah. Um, yeah, so she's got like a nice crew, and like they have an outpost and stuff, and they're fighting yep. for justice. So, I don't know. To what you said earlier when we first started, given the ending, given what happens throughout, she is mm. the main character, really. Yeah, she's like the. What everything is centered around. She's the story. Right. Either she's getting kidnapped. People want to have her. People want her kingstone. Mm -hmm. um, she turns into a kaijin. That's a big plot point. So right. she's kind of driving the plot in a lot of ways. And I think yeah. she drives Kotaro to like actually do something. Right. Um, you know, she was well. the impetus for him to actually get off his ass after 50 years of mm -hmm. wallowing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I mean, so like what'd you think we we talked earlier yes and you were saying that you were reading reviews that it, very split in the community apparently oh horribly split um i really think the um, the people i saw that were the hardest on the show were actually the hardcore toku fans mm. because i don't think they know what they want and i'm coming out mm. and speaking as one like it's hard to make it's very hard to make a gritty reality-based version of any of these shows. They're supposed to be ridiculous entertainment for children, so we all need to settle down as a community on that front. Um, some people are calling it a masterpiece, I think, because it was just so much more drama-oriented than they expected. I've heard some criticisms say it's it's a J-drama with some common writer shit thrown in, which is a fair comparison. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I thought I that mean, a few I thought that a few times, actually. No, that, it makes sense. You know, it is. They went a more conventional, dramatic route with it. They mm -hmm. they went a more adult route. You know, because remember, let's not forget this is the this is the thirty fifth anniversary of Black, and the fiftieth anniversary of Ryder itself. Mm -hmm. And Ryder in itself is a very simplistic good versus evil type of show. They tried something new here. Um. So, but a lot of people, I. Don't, I don't know what they wanted. You know what I mean? Because mm. once you hear a dark remake or like a more adult oriented remake of a show, 
you're going to get more adult somehow, you know. Sure. And, you know, this one, they chose more relevant societal issues and to up the violence. That's how they did it, you know. If you can't handle it, then why are you asking for adult-oriented remakes of all these shows? Because mm-hmm. that's what you're going to get nine times out of ten. Probably, you're going to get right? more adult content in a more adult adaptation, you silly Marys. And and did you did did you think they did a good job? Did you did you did you like it? I guess is maybe what I'm trying to say. Did you think it was bad? Uh, at the end of the day, uh, this is probably my favorite thing we've watched on the show in a very long time. Wow, really. I love this fucking thing. Um, it is not without faults, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. um, th- frankly, some of the 70s stuff kind of bored me a little bit because mm-hmm. it got so muddy towards the middle. Um, I'm just like, what? And especially when a show is structured like this, is actually one of these pitfalls. If you have two settings and one of them is a little less interesting than the first, that's natural. Because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, God, get back to the part that I like more, please. That's mm-hmm. a natural audience reaction, no matter what the show would be, if it has two different settings like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's like in Thrones when it, it would go from like, Westeros to Esos, you're like, oh god. You're like, oh, I don't want to watch this. Yeah, please. Get back to the part I like. Damn it. Yeah. That's just a very crude example, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. When you're focusing on different iterations of characters or different characters entirely, um, but no, um, I loved Aoi, Nobiko, and Kothro's journey here. I really did. Fucking, there was. I just love this cast, this core cast of characters. I thought there was some very emotional scenes. Um. The scene where Aoi, for example, we didn't even touch on was waiting for her parents. You know, they called her like, hey, we're coming back to Japan. And then they get kidnapped. And they she's just did sitting. that twice. They literally told <laughs> Aoi. I'm like, how gullible is this girl? They were like, oh, it's your mom and dad. We're coming back. And she's like, okay, I'll meet you. Yep. I, that, like, fine. First time you got me. First time, okay. Second time, a guy comes up and he's like, I'm your dad. And she's like, dad. And, <laughs> and she's like, yep. why didn't you meet me when you said you would? And I was like, you believe. You you you, you I, I, don't know that was a setup still? That was like four episodes ago. You should well, know yeah, well, this. Nothing, nothing happened the first time around. Just Kotaro picked her up and said, yeah, your parents are dorks. We're leaving. Yeah. And she's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, that. So I loved that original scene with that. And the second one, remember, she's a she's a 14-year-old girl missing her parents, you know, True. and she's going through all this. She's going to want her parents there. That's a very natural human reaction. So mm-hmm. that didn't phase me as much. Mm-hmm. I knew, of course, once you saw the eyes rolling around in the dad's head, I'm like, okay, yeah, that like, is either... I knew the second the dad appeared. I was like, yeah. he's 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 going to kill her. He's going to try to kill her. He's going to try to kill her, yeah. I mean, like, obvious, right? But Yeah, yeah. I, but no, whatever. It, was, it was obvious, but I just loved the first scene of that. I, I, I loved a lot of the very human moments we had here. I really did. Um, And the fight scenes, I got to say, I really enjoyed most of them. You know, I don't have that same disconnect with you when it comes to, like, the outfits, Mm-hmm. Just because I, I, it actually helps my immersion a little more because I, I know there's real human beings in there doing all this shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Knowing that there's people actually involved instead of an, a drawing, for example. Sure. Especially nowadays in modern live action stuff when all the action CGI, that completely takes me out. Mm. Because I think that's the worst of both worlds. Because don't pretend something's real life when it's clearly not. Because if, if I wanted that, I can go back to anime and just watch the sure. cartoons, actual for cartoons sure. do it. Yeah, not and fucking do it CGI. A lot, and do it a lot better usually. Most of the time, right? a lot better in an art style. Yeah. I admire a lot more as well. Mm-hmm. So, but really, the story we got here was dark, gruesome, brooding, nihilistic. But there's still a sense of fun, which a is little very, bit. Yeah, there's, they, there's they still managed to inject some fun into this every once in a while. It, well, because it's still superhero bug people, right? It's still common rider, right? It's, it's still it's like still at the end of the day, it's still like it, a common and like you're still gonna get your transformations and stuff. And no, yeah, yeah, you got so you got all the. He's got the riders. bike, you know. He's got he's the got, bike. You, you see Battle Hopper right there, and you yeah. know, um, I really fucking enjoyed this. Also, you know, it just was so far from what I was expecting. 
I was expecting something a lot more simplistic and dumb. Mm. Um, sure, some parts of it were a little overthought out. I'm not gonna say underthought, but overthought out with all like the characters having these grand uh, personality changes and plot turns. So it was a little confusing. Don't get me wrong. Um, is this for everyone? No, <laughs> because like you said, it is just so inherently gross. I can see fans of J horror not being too taken back by the gore. Yeah, so yeah. They, like, I, 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 I honestly saw this kind of in a in a bit of a J horror category, to be honest. Yeah, no. So we got what we got here was a lot of mix of J drama, J horror, tokusatsu, and like some of like the anime tropes that we've a couple of the anime stuff that we've seen in, in other shows we covered. I was expecting it to rip off Devilman a lot more than it actually did. Mm-hmm. Honestly, at most, there's some visual similarities with their various Devilman adaptations when they reached into the um, racism stuff. Mm-hmm. With, I mean, with Devilman, it's you know been around since the 70s, just right. like Ryder has, so right. t- take what you want. Um, no, this is one of my favorite things we have. We watched in a while. I just, wow. I, I thought a lot after it ended, you know, with the whole, just that cynicism. It's like, yeah, get off your ass and start fighting. I'm like, okay, show. Thank you. <laughs> It, it just yes. it said basically said confrontation's a good thing and us being from a generation now that's notorious anti anti confrontation fuck dude that just mm-hmm. made me think a little bit yeah no this isn't for everyone um would i recommend it i would say mm. i'd have to <laughs> sit down with someone for 5 minutes before i th- knew if they were ready for it and then like give said, them enough context and then be it like okay is, yeah but no is it's not perfect it's obtuse to you know to follow some of the times it's gross yeah. but i enjoyed it a lot you know yes it did dra- some parts for it, it for me dragged but i was so invested in the characters mm-hmm. and like this situation story that it pulled me through mm-hmm. well yeah all right that's great well i'm happy you liked it so much yeah yeah uh it was okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me i I, I, I didn't really like it that much uh mm. I think like it was just so having not having like little familiarity with the genre mm. and having little right. familiarity with the original series. Um, there wasn't really that angle that I could with your eyes. I feel like it was so much easier to be like, oh, like this is like like the infinity sign thing. And like, I feel like things like that would make me like it a lot more if I had that mm. initial context of like, oh, like mm. there's a few things in here that they've taken from the old series and are reapplying gotcha. outside of the intro and like the writer kicks and stuff because hey um Yeah, no, all that kind of stuff was salt and pepper though. It was very, it didn't really add much because that, that that didn't all come to like episode like 10. Yeah, it so came late. Like, it came late. It came so late, but my opinion of the show was already well set before that. Mm. I think like if if I think if we weren't watching it for the show, I probably would have given up around episode three or four. Okay. I think like there was just so much, like so much like dense elements of this that like mm. there were like so many plot lines going on at the same time. You think right. that I would love that, but like I don't know, it just got to a point where I was like, I there's just so much here that I just have ceased to care anymore. Mm. There were a lot of moments a where. Yeah, a little overwhelming. There were some moments that I, I was like, oh, this is a nice scene. Or like, I like this part. Or I like, Kotaro's a fucking champ and a badass. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and I love Nobuko's character arc, as I said. I think Aoi has a very strong character arc as well. Like, outside of those three characters, I didn't find much that I exactly liked. Uh, okay. I thought the the Shunsuke stuff was compelling as well at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, other than that, like, I don't know. It, it it kind of took a lot for me to sit through the episodes. I was like, mm. 
Okay, here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go again. And like, I, I appreciate, I'm very happy that you liked it. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there that really enjoyed it. But I think I'm on the other side of the fence on this one. Now mm. to say that I think it's bad is incorrect. I, okay. I do not think it's bad. Like, I okay. don't think it was like abysmally horrible and like has no value. It does have value. And I right. thought it delivered on a couple things very nicely. But just in total, like the whole package was just not, it, it wasn't, it wasn't really the digestible enough to like be a great story like you know it mm. was to me like a, a fine story but mm. if they maybe cut out a lot of the extraneous bullshit and mm. just focused on a few core things it would have been fantastic okay i can understand where you're coming from yeah i guess maybe for me this is also my habit of when when uh, things are like a little extemporaneous i'm just kind of like eh, whatever mm-hmm Mm -hmm. And also, I think it's funny because one of my favorite shows of all time is Ava. And I've also said, you know, the first 10 episodes are kind of meh. Yeah, they are meh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. Um, I'm also realizing more and more that some shows just aren't, you know, just aren't perfect in general. Sure. And especially with my attention span, the way it's getting almost every show now, it takes a lot for me to get through mm -hmm. because and I, this is actually why I've quit TikTok and everything like that, just because it's destroying my attention span. I'm oh, it like, destroys your brain. It's, it's like it ruins yeah. your attention span. Yeah, and so, um, no, but I completely forget what you're saying. Is Yeah, the, I love the point you made there with it being digestible because it is not easily digest. You have to sit with it and you actually pay a, You have to pay a lot of attention to what's going on. And, you know, as we went over, like, the, I watched this whole thing in succession, like, on a plane, and, like, mm. there's nothing else to distract me. Like, I'm just zeroed yep. in, and even I yep. missed a couple things. Like, there yep. were a couple things that skated past me that I was like, why did he do this? Why did he do that? I didn't really understand the connection. So... I mean, you really got to really, like, mm -hmm. really look at it, really listen to it. Um, yeah. I mean, just overall, my my star point throughout this entire uh, thing was that uh, not bad, just gross. And also, <laughs> never forget, Oliver Johnson. Oliver Johnson. <laughs> it's bad. Wow, oh my god, what a rousing podcast of anime conversation. Am I right, my compares? Am I right, my weebdom? Anywho, uh, yeah, you can send us a message if you want. Did you like this podcast? Did you hate this podcast? Do you want to kill me? Do you want to drench me in Calaxisaur blood and watch me drink it? That's fine. Just send us an email at badanimepod at gmail.com or DM us on our Instagram at badanimepod, all one word. You can also find us on YouTube as badanime, and you can leave a comment on whatever video you want to leave a comment on we'll read them all anyways we don't care i love you kiss kiss simple equations podcast network